game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. <laughs> Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Velarde on the right half boards. Power play in 20 seconds. Velarde fights the rack home. Skinner's one time. Trevor Moore wins the game for Los Angeles. Three to two. All right, well, the nightmare in overtime continues for the Edmonton Oilers. Trevor Moore scores on a power play, 324 into the extra session. Kings win the game 3-2. They take a 2-1 series lead. So both their wins in overtime. And again, the Oilers just dismal in overtime since 2017, 2-10 in 12 games. I'm going to start very bluntly tonight, and there's a lot to talk about. But obviously the last play is going to be much discussed. And I am comfortable saying to to all of you listening, and I know it's a pro-Oiler crowd, but I think you know me well enough over the years, I'm I'm only going to tell you what I see. The league blew it. The puck hit Gabe Velarde's stick which was about three feet above his head, and it came down to the ice. Now, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they they said Ekholm was the first guy to play the puck. I've been told, and I think you've seen it on Twitter from some people as well, that's not what they were checking for. They, They were clearly checking for the puck hitting the stick above the shoulders, which it did. They said it was inconclusive, and the goal stands. I know what I'm gonna hear from you. Why have video review if they screw it up anyway? I don't know. I can't answer that question. <laughs> and and they, they did screw it up. I mean, I'm watching people are zooming in, freeze framing, and, and that's the thing that I saw, Rob. It, it, the puck appeared to change its angle a little bit on the way down, but you don't really know, you know, what angle you're looking at it from. But the blade of the stick twists um, you know, in Velarde's hands, and, yeah, well, and to me, the 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 the, the puck hit it. So I, I'm I'm a little confused as to why it's inconclusive. I agree, I, I do, Reed. Because at first, I had no idea why they. I when is this an offside call? Did it hit the netting? And then when they showed that the first two times they showed the high stick, just in real time, I thought, oh yeah, it it it's obvious it hit the stick. So I'm like, okay, it, it's going to be. Over, it's going to be overturned. It's going to be no goal. And then I didn't know the rule. So I didn't know what, because it came down and hit Ekholm in the back. I'm like, okay, that does, don't, I think you have to have possession. Yeah, I, I, che- I checked matters. the rule book, and I've been in touch with people. They said that tick wouldn't matter. Yeah. Okay, that's, and it's, it's funny. I texted my buddies. Well, Reed's going to have the rule book, and he's going to know, and I'll text you back afterwards. But I honestly, again, I try to be as honest as I can. I just got into an argument with Bob about the penalty by dry saddle. I, I thought it was a high stick. And I thought it was going to be turned into no goal. And I know that we, <laughs> the Oilers have had some things go against them in overtime reviews before, the Kale McCarr goal last year. But that was a rule that we didn't really understand. This was one that I would think with the number of cameras that they have, the number of people that are watching it on, it, on big screens, it's not just the refs watching on an iPad by the penalty box. There's guys in Toronto that have really big screens and they can... S- slow it down and they can go frame by frame so like they can go as as slow as possible and just bang 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 i honestly thought it was a high stick and i thought that i thought that what was taking a while i thought maybe they were just trying to see now how much time do we have to add on because there was probably 10 seconds from the time it happened till the puck went or eight seconds 
So yeah, I was surprised. I thought it was a high stick, and I, I do believe. I haven't seen the videos that you're talking about. I haven't seen the pictures. I'm just from my own eyes. I thought it looked like it was a high stick. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. And look, uh, plenty of other things happened in in the game, but mm-hmm. in such a tight game, uh, a call like that is going to be certainly uh, going to be talked about and and lamented if if you're Oilers fans because I I really think that that goal uh, should not have counted. No, they would have had what about 30 seconds, 20 seconds of power play time left. So uh, who knows? And Nuge did slash his stick. In, he in broke overtime. it. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think the power play was was pretty clear. The the rule says batting the puck above the normal height of the shoulders is prohibited. There's some other text there that's I'm not going to read the whole thing. And then it says when a puck has been contacted by a high stick, the play shall be permitted to continue, provided that the puck has been batted to an opponent. And then it says when a player bats the puck to an opponent, the referee shall give the washout signal immediately. Otherwise, he will stop the play. So, but I've been told that's what they were, were what, not because I thought, okay, maybe they're saying because Ekholm kind of turns around and jams at the puck, and, was, and so does Velarde, right? But yeah, and, but Velarde, I, I watched that very closely too, and it was the LA King Velarde that touched the puck first. Ekholm tried to, and he missed it twice. Velarde was the one that got it first, so the, there was a high stick. He touched it first. Uh, it'll be the does not the NHL put out. A, a tweet or do they not put something out on something like this where they say why it wasn't no, they'll usually say some but they'll usually just say it was inconclusive they rarely offer a, a, an actual explanation and in this case what are they going to say they're going to say we didn't think he touched the puck right yeah true I, I, yeah you're right um i haven't seen any of the stuff that you're seeing i'm not as tech savvy if i'm talking on one thing i can't really look at something else but uh, it to me in in real time with my own eyes I thought the puck was high stick and I do believe the LA King was the first guy to touch it yeah. and the one thing that oh, it, it's like when uh, you're watching a game and you see how a player celebrates you know which player scored because the guys on the ice they know what's going on when Connor McDavid pointed because that was what the first because I never saw that at first and then they showed the replay when the puck went up the air Connor McDavid right away pointed and pointed at the ref and said high stick so that's why at that point i'm like okay the coach seems pretty confident the star player the best player in the world pointed at the high stick and then my eyes which aren't as good as they used to be they sure look like a high stick but this is one of those games where everything that could go wrong for the edmonton oilers seem to do okay oilers lose 3-2 in overtime here is oilers head coach jay woodcroft you know it's a play where um, the greatest player in the world two feet away as it happens and uh, his arm comes straight up in the air because he, he knows that it hit the stick um, otherwise he wouldn't put his arm up in the, in the air he would keep playing you know it appears to me in, in the video that the puck's going straight up in a trajectory and deadens in the end, I'm going to go with the greatest player in the world who's three feet away. Thanks. Jay, just thought of the contest. Again, you guys seem to be opening the doors with the penalties. It seems that opens the doors for the Kings to kind of, you scored the goal to go up to one, a penalty, undisciplined penalty. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see that one? I saw the slash, yeah. Uh, you, you saw, you saw uh, after we scored? Yeah. Yeah. So just a thought, just a thought on the end we took uh, one more penalty on the on the sheet than uh, than they did both teams scored two power play goals obviously um, 
you know, the the one in overtime, as I said, I would go with the greatest player in the world who's three feet away. Um, that's just me. Um, but in the end, we had two power play goals. They had two power play goals. We gave up one five on five at the end of a period we'd like to have back to. In the first game, I think Leon talked a little bit about discipline and maturity. Did you, do you see tonight some of the penalties you took as a similar lack of discipline, or was it trying to figure out what the standard was? Like, where's your head at on, on the calls that were made? Yeah, I, I saw, you know what I saw, Ryan? I saw two after-the-whistle penalties taken. Um, debatable in terms of... Uh, when you go back and look at it, if if you think that's the case, in the end, those are things that are uh, within our our control. Um, you know, obviously, anytime you're in the box, you're not putting pressure on the other team, and uh, we've liked the way we've played the game. In the end, we feel um, you know we're. we're a lot of really good things that are putting hard miles on that team and uh, we feel good about our game certainly we can uh, clean up some of the penalties um, you know in the end uh, you know the score sheet would tell you that we had four power plays they had five it is three games where you've had a lead and then given it back. Is that concerning that that trend is developing here a little bit? Um, I think each game plays out a different way. Um, you know, the one in game one was different in game two, and, and tonight, uh, you know, we were down and we came back and, and we scored. Um, you know, and then they scored on, on on one of those penalties. So for us, in the end, um, you know, the game was 2-2. We had numerous great looks to make it 3-2 uh, and get it to our advantage, and we, you know we didn't find that third goal. In the end, uh, there are areas for us to improve, but there's a lot for us to build on as well. Coach, from a physicality standpoint, how much do you look at the hits in the game? Because you guys were out hit throughout most of this game, unlike the first two. I think if you looked at the score sheet, I think it says 47-40, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, we feel quite comfortable with uh, any type of game. We think we have the physicality edge. And, um, you know, we play the game hard. Uh, Jay, uh, how much does uh, Corpusala's play at the other end keeping you guys from being able to land those knockout blows um, earlier with some um, of the saves that he's making? Yeah, I thought, you know, both goaltenders made great saves tonight. Uh, it was a 2-2 hockey game. Could have went either way. Uh, you guys were in essentially the same position last year. Obviously responded very well. Is there anything to draw on there, or is this series kind of its own entity? Uh, we were in a different position last year in the series, if you recall. So I think we won game three last year, yeah. yeah. Sound good, guys? Thanks. Restoration, name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers lose 3-2 in overtime to the Kings. Just also want to clarify, the Oilers did not challenge that play. There, there is no coach's challenge in the last minute of the third period and in overtime. So the league would have to say, okay, we think something might be up. Let's 
take a look at it. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there was stuff coming from the Oilers bench nonetheless and from McDavid uh, immediately, but the, that, is, that is not officially a coach's challenge. That is a league review, uh, a league-initiated uh, challenge, Rob. Anyway, just to clarify everything that happened in that process. Yeah, again, surprising. I, I The one thing with replays, and they're here to stay, the replay should be correct. I mean, the, that's why you brought it in, so that you didn't want, uh, you know, a Stanley Cup playoff hockey game decided the wrong way. And the rule was put in that if there is a stoppage that should have been called and wasn't, I mean, normally a coach can challenge it, but it can go to the referees, and obviously Toronto looked at it. Uh, again, I, I'm going by what everyone is saying and what I think I saw. It looked like to me it was a high stick and the goal uh, should have been disallowed. Again, that doesn't say the Kings wouldn't have won on the power play right afterwards, but they probably shouldn't have won when they did. Yeah, I mean, it is it is close. There, there's no yep. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, um, well, the, the league is saying inconclusive. So, I, I mean, take that for... Uh, for- or whatever, whatever it means. But that's the thing. When I saw it, that I mean, it is hard. Like it's 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 hard to tell, but it looks like his blade, you know, flips backwards. You know, like the blade. I, I'm gonna text you something here, Rob, because obviously mm-hmm. we got a lot well, of great Oilers fans <laughs> zooming right in on it. But again, that begs the question: Why can't the league do that? And when they look at it, like when they look, we're looking at it for that long. I thought the goal was coming off the board. Because usually well, when they too. keep That's looking at it, they're look they're, they think something happened, so then they're trying to, you know, make sh- to find the evidence of what they think they're seeing. Oh, I agree. I thought they were checking to see how much time they're running. Right, and clock. then in that case, you'd have to put four or five, four, however many seconds back on the clock. Yeah. yeah it's un- it's unfortunate. Um, two things. Uh, this uh, well, I'll go back to my original thing that I said a couple nights ago that uh, there. The two best trades at the NHL deadline. Number one is Matias Ekholm. Best trade that, that happened at the deadline. Second best trade was the LA Kings trade, getting Corpus Allo. Uh, he's been ex- exceptional in this series. And if this was a series where Jonathan Quick, the Jonathan Quick that we saw this year, was playing, it would be 3 nothing Edmonton right now, and all three games would have been blowouts. Corpus Allo was outstanding. The Oilers in the last six minutes of this game had four or five times where I thought... It's over. I mean, they got it in the slot. It's right where they want it. They got it on the stick of their better players. And Corpus Allo just continued to make big save after big save. So there's, there is a whole, I mean, this, all isn't, this whole game wasn't about a Leon Dreisaitl penalty or the, the high-sticking uh, non-call. There were so many plays in this game. This, this, this is a game the others, and Jay Woodcroft talked about it. They did a lot of good things in this game. And I do believe this is the third straight game that the others have been the better team. But in hockey, more than any other sport, the better team doesn't always win because a goaltender can change the outcome. And that what I believe happened tonight. Corpus Allo was that good that he kept his LA Kings team in the game and allowed them to get a break in overtime. Well, he's been solid. And, and, and we talked about a bit after the second period, the, when the Oilers are shooting, they're not getting a lot of clean chances on rebounds. I mean, have they scored a rebound goal in this in this series? Uh, not I don't think Davids. so. Well, they, well, I guess uh, Ryan's a def- was a rebound off the backboards, sort of. So. Yeah, I mean, they're just... The, the LA Kings uh, have a, a dedication, and uh, they are... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, in front of that, like they are throwing everything they have 
to keep that puck out of the net. Like they, they're laying on their bellies. They're, they're grabbing sticks. They're grabbing players. They're doing whatever it is. They're, they are doing a fantastic job that when Corpusalo makes that save, that the Oilers aren't able to get a stick on that second shot because there are pucks laying around in the blue paint, and the Oilers are there. Just the desperation that we've seen from the LA Kings, I, they know that the the skill level of the Edmonton Oilers. They know they have to play perfect hockey. They know that they can't get into a, a game that trades chances, and they've played it to perfection. And even with the perfection, even as well as LA's played, the Oilers have had the better of the play. Just Corpus Allo has been that good. All right. Well, tough one. Uh, good morning, by the way. It's after midnight. Uh, we know you will want to talk tonight. Rob, I remember you were uh, sick, oddly enough, in Game 5 of the Anaheim series when the uh, controversial tying mm-hmm. goal by uh, Anaheim was allowed. Uh, I remember then that game went to double overtime. I remember I started overtime open line just before 1 a.m., and I was on until 3, so we might be here a while. That's well, okay. I'm on, just, I'm on the ice in seven hours. You're so working tomorrow? I'm not. I'm, yeah, my today. hockey school's tomorrow morning. Well, actually, this morning, yeah. Well, you got your hockey on the school. Ice, so, uh, pardon me? Well, you have your hockey school. I got my hockey school. So, uh, Coach Brownie um, may have a bit of a rough voice tomorrow, kids. So, we're all going to be on our best behavior for those that are still up right now listening to us. Okay. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Of course, we have uh, more post-game reaction coming from the dressing room. It's a, another overtime win for the Kings. So uh, let's see here. That is now in the last six playoff games between these two teams. The Kings have won three of them all in overtime. Game five last year, games one and three this year. And uh, we'll get to your phone calls and more from the Oilers. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Kings go up 2-1 in the series, 3-2 overtime win, power play goal by Trevor Moore, 324 into overtime. Also tonight on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Wild beat the Stars 5-1. They lead that series 2-1. Bruins beat the Panthers 4-2. They're up two games to one. The Islanders win at home 5-1 over the Hurricanes. Carolina leads the series 2-1. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you as uh, another heartbreaker for Edmonton. Again, Rob, we that overtime record, it's two shocking. and ten. Like it's and and we were talking about this. Uh, I can't remember if Gager was. Oh, I think it was with Jack. I mean, the I'd, I'd have to go back. I was trying to find it today, and there isn't a break. I'll have to go back and find it for Saturday, but or for Sunday. The team that wins the Stanley Cup, I would guess, is five hundred or better in overtime. I'm going to say ninety percent of the time, if not a hundred. Like you can't. I mean, if the Oilers lose this series in seven games, what if they have two or three overtime losses? I mean, they lost well, in seven to Anaheim in 2017, lost two games in overtime. You know, like it's uh, and, and it's yeah. it's just an awful record in OT. Yeah, and I, not only would I, I think it'd be even more than 500 or better. I think it'd be substantially better than 500. Uh, it, it's shocking. I, I know that when I when I watch a game and watch an overtime, to me, I'm always picking the team that has the best player. Uh, has the biggest game breaker. It just, 
it, it, to me, it's an easy pick that way. And that's why it's so shocking. Not only do the Oilers have the best player in the world, but they have the second best player. And this is a game that they dominated. Uh, but well, like at the end of the day, both times it was penalties that they took. Now, there can be a lot of people that were not happy with the DRNA penalty the other night, and that was debated. Tonight was easy. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins broke the guy's stick as he was coming into the slot. Uh, but it is shocking what the Oilers' records are. And I I do believe at some point the Oilers are going to go on a run of five out of six or six out of seven wins in overtime because they're too good not to. But you know, I'm hoping it's this year that they get the opportunity to do that. Uh, they, I said before the game that I felt this game was more important to the LA Kings than it is to the Oilers. I believe that if the Oilers lost tonight, they could still win the series and probably will win the series. But I felt that if the LA Kings lost tonight, that their series was over. I didn't think they could overcome two close games or and losing them and then having to have the pressure of Sunday's game. Uh, so this was a big game for the LA Kings. And now all of a sudden, the stress is on the Oilers on Sunday. And the one thing we saw last year against the LA Kings, when the Oilers had their biggest stress test of the playoffs, game six in LA, they had a fantastic hockey game. They're going to need to have one of those again on Sunday. All right, let's go back to Crypto.com Arena. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. So you were talking after uh, the first game about, you know, discipline and those sorts of things. Did, did you sense it was discipline again tonight, or was it a little tough to figure out where the standard was, or is this the same tonight? Uh, we can definitely be smarter. I mean, I, <clears throat> I took a, a bad penalty there, so that's on me. Um, but not, not really sure what the standard is right now. Is, this, is that frustrating because you know, it looks like there's some things go and some things don't let go and, and no one seems to know yeah. where it is right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you you don't call in clear knee on knee um, right in front of you um, and then you call a slashing penalty, which is, is not smart on my, on my part. I know that, but um, just don't really know where the standard is right now. It seems like you guys have controlled the play for a lot of the series at five on five, and, and maybe just how, what's been the, the maybe the, the difficulty of, of trying to get either go ahead goal or a leading goal? Do you feel that way that you guys are really been? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're we're playing playing well. We're doing a lot of good things. I think uh, uh, definitely the better team for for the bigger spurts. Uh, it just seems like we can't score at the right times right now. So um, yeah, just got to regroup and, and find a way. So this is playoff hockey. You got to figure out the refs. You got to figure out Corpus Allo. You got to figure out why you have the puck a lot, but it's not going in. Is this a, a game of solutions here? You guys got to find a few of them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got to find a way to, um, you know, score at the right time and, and um, create better looks for ourselves. Uh, I think we got we got lots, um, but I think our team has uh, a lot of potential to to have even more. So, uh, yeah, something to look at. All right, it's Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Rob, so Leon, um, well, he said I shouldn't have done that. And so he's referring to, he actually wasn't called for slashing. Well, that's what he did. They called it unsportsmanlike conduct after McDavid scored on the power play with 10.38 left in the second period to make it 2-1 Oilers. Dreisaitl going to celebrate with McDavid gave uh, Dowdy a little slash on the mm -hmm. back of the leg. Back of the leg. And, and, and again... Leon, he's, he's one of my favorite players. I've always been a huge Leon fan right from the very beginning. Uh, and he knows better than that. It's, it's a, a call that's not always called, but he just 
gave the ref an opportunity. And this was a game where the refs were calling things. They were part of the show. Uh, for for him to just just skate over and, and congratulate Connor, they had the game at that point. I know it wasn't much, but it was enough that it allowed the ref to make a decision if he wanted to call it or not. And tonight the refs wanted to, so uh, he, he just said it. It was it was not smart on his part, and good on him for standing up and saying that. I thought Leon has had a fantastic series. Uh, he, I think the Edmonton Oilers have to focus more just on between the whistles. There's getting involved after the whistles. They don't have to. The team that gets involved after the whistles is usually the team that's losing or the team that is the underdog. They're trying to get you off your game. The Oilers are the better team. Five on five, they're better. Their power play is better. They don't have to do anything after the whistle. They can just skate to the bench because they're carrying the play. But when they go and take penalties after the whistle, it gives the LA Kings some, some life. And the LA Kings have now won two games because of power plays. They're, they have a good power play too. So uh, I, I liked in a game where things went horribly wrong for the Oilers with the, the, the penalties, with losing a lead, with uh, the video replay late. I love the fact that Leon came out there and talked. And you didn't hear frustration in his voice. You heard, I got to be better. We just got to find better looks. But we carried the play. He still sounded confident. And I'm still confident in this team. They, this is a good hockey club that for three games, they've been the better team. At some point, you would think that they'll find a way to get some pucks past Corpusalo Because tonight, they had ample opportunities to win this game in 60 minutes. We got Robert, a winner of Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement, bet on it. I set the line at nine and, a, nine and a half shots on goal by the Kings in the first period. They only got to seven, so Robert gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Kings win the game 3-2 in overtime. Their game winner stands up after a video review. The league saying that it was inconclusive that the uh, puck stayed alive after uh, getting knocked with uh, a high stick from uh, Gabe Velarde, though the, the replay seemed to indicate otherwise. We have RJ at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, RJ. All right, I mean, we don't have RJ. Let's try uh, Matthew instead. Matthew, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, I was just wondering with Rob, uh, like, how do you feel about the, the garbage calls against the Oilers and the garbage calls against the Kings, how do you feel about, you know, like this refereeing right now? It's like it's up and down. It's You can do one thing one minute. You can do another thing another minute. You're right. And you heard Leon Dreisaitl talk about it. They don't know where the, the bar is. But when you don't know where the bar is, then stay out of everything. And I think that's what he's more or less saying that, you know, it, he doesn't know what you can and cannot do, but he said, I shouldn't have done what I did. So normally you find out in the first five to seven minutes of a hockey game the way the ref's going to call a game, and then you gauge the way you play. Because some refs let you do a little more, some they, they take everything away from you. Uh, this was a game where the ref was calling things. We saw the DeHarnay penalty behind the net, which wasn't much, but they took him out of there. At that point, you got to know, okay, I'm not doing anything after the whistle. Now, and this is what Reed and I always talk about when it comes to penalties. When I want penalties called that A, is vicious that you could hurt someone, or B, takes away a scoring chance. And there were some things tonight that the Edler was, that was a knee that we've seen before that could have been reviewed. It could have been a five-minute major. Those are the ones that you want. Okay, that's five. You got to get him out. That's, that's wrong. 
as opposed to the other ones. But the way the ref was calling it, then you got to be smarter. And the Edmonton Oilers do not have to play after the whistle. They don't. They're the better team. Turn your head, go f- go stand at the face-off dot because let them drop the puck because when the puck is dropped, that's when the Edmonton Oilers have dominated this series. 3-2, the Kings win it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We have Jesse on the Certainty Hotline. Good morning, Jesse. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Um, I just want to say um, I heard your conversation with uh, Bob, uh, Rob, and um, I know it was, I don't want to say heated, but I mean, you guys kind of had your points of views, and I want to say I agree with you. Um, Thank after you. After game one, Tricettle came out and uh, was talking about maturity and, and that we can't take these kind of penalties, and the young guys got to step up, like, you know, Bush and Vinny, they got those penalties, it cost us. And then we won to game two, and then, um, in, in, you know, in the first period, Dry got a slashing. We didn't, you know, nothing happened on that second period. He got a tripping. Philip scored. Dana, he scored. So that cost us. So I was like, okay, whatever. You know, he said, what do you have to say? First game, this happened. And tonight, and this is where I, I agree with you, um, the maturity part comes in. Um, you can't be doing things like he did tonight. If you're, if you're a leader on this team, you can't, you can't be setting the example. By, it doesn't matter if you tapped him, whatever. You're the leader of this team. You're, you're, you're one of the best players on this team. You need to set the example for him to do that, and it causes the goal. And Kempi came in, and he ripped one and scored. I mean, it's, I mean, we got to be better. We have to be better. So I agree with you, Rob. Like, it's just everything together. This team needs to, to get it. Figure it out. I don't know. I don't know what they need to do, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, you've been yep. in the room. You understand this. How do How do you think the players are looking at him right now? Like, you come out first game. You need to be mature. You need to do this. And then he does all this. Like, I, I, I don't know. I've never been in a room like that. I don't know. You have. How are they looking at him? Well, I, they they understand that it's an emotional game, and sometimes emotions get the better of you. And we've seen over the years that Leon's a very emotional player. And usually when he plays angry, he plays better. But there's also a, uh, you got to understand the importance of the game, the importance of the moment. I mean, you can get you can get Drew Doughty back at another time in the hockey game if you want to rub him out because he's, Leon could physically, like, he could hammer him any chance he gets. He doesn't need a little love tap like that. It doesn't affect Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty lives off of that. But he gave the referee a chance and that changed the whole game. I, I 100% that changed the game. The Oilers were going to be up 2-1, and the game was in their hands. And all of a sudden, they get a power play, and L.A. took advantage of it. Good on them. Give cre- uh, credit to Kempe. But if Leon just goes and celebrates, and maybe winks at Drew Doughty, they have a 2-1 lead, and they have the face-off and all momentum going their way. So my my guess is game four, and he's been great all series long. My guess is game four, Leon Dreisaitl will be the best guy on the ice. Well, he's been, he's, he's one is, of the best players in this series. I mean, yeah, Corbisalo to series. me would be the two MVPs so far. 100%. Corbisalo has been outstanding. Again, the two best trades at the trade deadline are in this game, Ekholm and Corbisalo. Both both have given their team legitimate chances to move on in this series. Corbisalo stopping 38 out of 40 tonight to get the win. Uh, Skinner stops 28 out of 31. By the way, what a save about 20 seconds before oh. the goal went in on Byfield. I thought that was game over right there. Fantastic save. Skinner had a couple huge saves, one, one side to all. Well, he had, I think it was Kempe, Arvidsson, Byfield, 
those were three where he went post to post to make saves, and then he stopped a two on O. Not often you get a two on O the length of the ice. And I thought at first that Arvidsson just fanned on it, but he didn't. Um, Skinner got across and got a piece of it. So Skinner had a really strong game today. And after three games, you can start thinking, you know what? Skinner's not overwhelmed by the moment of playing in the National Hockey League playoffs as a, a as a rookie goaltender. The problem, the only problem for him is the guy on the other end has just been a little bit better. All right, 3-2, the Los Angeles Kings take it. In overtime, they lead the best of 7-2-1. Both Oilers' goals tonight scored by their captain, Connor McDavid. Maybe you can let us in on what you saw and what you thought about that review in overtime. What was it about? Did you think you saw something? I saw just in the corner, um, you know, Atkin. I don't even know who he's battling, but the puck kind of goes up and it goes off his stick. Um, so I call high stick. That's what I saw on the ice. And then, you know, I said play goes on, they score. So... Uh, they have that review in place for a reason. Um, I guess uh, they determined they couldn't tell. <laughs> what do you think uh, sort of happened in the game for you guys that got you to that point in overtime? That got us to overtime? Sort of just, how do you think you guys played tonight, and, and what do you think the difference was? It's tight. It's a tight checking series. We said that all along. We knew that. Um, it's it's little breaks here and there. It's little calls here and there. Um, we haven't seemed to get many of the bounces, but... Um, you know, I like the way, you know, I thought, again, um, we had our looks, we had our chances, and um, they find a way to get a power play and score in overtime. That's just the, the way it is. Playoff hockey, it's tight, it's uh, little breaks here and there, and, you know, they seem to be getting them. Yeah. This team has been controlling a lot of the five-on-five play, in, especially the last two periods tonight. Do you feel that way, and it's just tough to kind of break the dam a little bit to, to get that, maybe that insurance goal or the, the, the go-ahead goal? Yeah, we feel that way, you know, obviously, but, uh, you know, we're down 2-1 in the series. Um, you know, there's no uh, there's no moral victory, so we got to find a way to... Uh, to uh, turn that uh, those chances and that um, I guess you know kind of territory advantage into results. Um, that's just the way it is. If you can clean up some of those penalties that are being taken, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, that's going to be the story again tonight. Is is, is you know, maybe besides the, the missed call, but um, you know, it's penalties. You know, uh, they scored two power play goals and. Um, you know, they get another power play in overtime. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. All right, that is Connor McDavid after the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Los Angeles Kings. 780-496-0063. If uh, you would like to chime in this morning, we'll also hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. David Nurse, pick home one timer to save. Byfield denied by Skinner. Still only three goals all year long. All right, that was the big save by Skinner about 18 seconds before the Kings would win it. That's your save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. 3-2 Kings in uh, in overtime. Rob, I mean, Skinner's uh, save percentage is going to be, well, right around 900 for the series. Um, but, I mean, I guess there was the one that Velarde got on him uh, in game two. I still think he's playing pretty well. I just think Corpus Allo is uh, is playing great. I agree. Uh, Skinner's made some big saves, and tonight was his best game because tonight was the first time the L.A. Kings actually pushed the pace at times. The Oilers were the better team, but there were chances by L.A. They forechecked harder. They created some opportunities. I mean, they had a 2-on-0. 
and Stuart Skinner stopped a 2 on 0. The LA Kings have a good power play. It, sometimes it gets overlooked because they have the all-world power play that the Oilers have, but Kings are 25%. Uh, there's a lot of years that that leads the NHL. And tonight they had some good looks on it, some cross-ice one-timers, and Skinner made some big saves. So uh, I think that he's a confident player, and I think the team right now is very confident in his goaltending. Uh, he, he just he's being overlooked a little bit simply because Corpusala, who is the busier, by far busier of the two goalies, has been sensational through three games. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, JP, you were wrong, buddy. It wasn't seven one Oilers. Not even close. You're damn right, it was not close. I'm. <laughs> I had the phone. And I'm eating raw tonight. I, I, well, I'm drinking dry. <laughs> A lot of it, but uh, you know, I'm going to uh, admit. I, uh, you know what, the bad tonight, and I don't swear on Cesare Jan never in my life. But you know, I re-rock. Let's get on the rest, shall we? Okay. I don't want to take too much time because I know a lot of these older fans want to call in with their time about oh, what's going on, what's going on. Lucy, everyone's worried about her uh, in the uh, zoo. I'd be worried about the four zebra that were stole. Because <laughs> the ref tonight, I think they were, I can't blame her, I can't blame her, but I think they were absolutely atrocious tonight, in my opinion. But that be said, when you're doing little subtle thing, even after you score a goal, Leon, our, our main man, one of our main man, you're doing something like this in the day or nay. I mean, let's be honest, that was a bad goal in my mind. The ref are on our bad side. We're not playing to our potential yet. We are 2-1 LA. We won our game. But we are nowhere near our potential. Hyman, in my mind, Kane, in my mind, Miyamoto was a little more fire tonight. I saw a little more passion from these guys. Kane and Hyman are coming through, and we are winning three straight, you guys. That's my next position in my final one. I will never call Cesare Shad. I've said this about 158 times. <laughs> but I've also asked 159 times for uh, Rob Evans. I'm sitting here with empty arms, and wow. I don't know how the hell I will ever. Oh, I, I'm on your side there. Zero JP. chance, JP, that your hand no, is empty right kidding. now. You've got a you've got a double <laughs> in your hand. You know, right now. I got about a, a quad. A quad. I might as well be riding on ATV. I'm telling you right now. But you know what, you guys? I'm telling you right now. Free straight. Book it. Book it, Dano. All right. Thanks, JP. Well, I mean, the series is a long way from over, but uh, you know, it's it's disappointing. And again, it's the. The overtime thing is weird. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if they think about it, but it's no. I don't think <laughs> so. You haven't, you haven't celebrated an overtime win. Well, I guess it's only four guys: Nurse, Nugent, Hopkins, Big David, and Drysaddle. Anybody? I don't think anybody else is still here from 2017. But still, no. It is weird, and I do believe eventually it will even out. You just hope that it evens out more this year, and, and they get the opportunities. Uh, they all they faced their first big stress test. Uh, game four is a it's a game that they do not want to fall behind three one in this series. You fall behind three one, then actually anything can happen. You can get a bad video call at the end of a hockey game and lose a game. So you want to make sure you don't put yourself in a position that you are in must win scenarios. And that's what happens if they lose on Sunday. So to me, come out do a lot of the same things. They can play the exact same way they've been playing, just more disciplined. And at the end of the night, they should feel pretty good about themselves. All right. We got Nathan as well calling in. Hi, Nathan. You're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. 
Hi. Um, I've been watching hockey for 30 years. I've been listening since CFCW. You guys are fantastic. I've never called in. But uh, tonight was uh, something special, so I thought I would uh, come with some comments. Sure. All right. Um, well, I'm a, I've, I think of myself as a critical thinker, so I saw this play was was on obviously a high stick um just like the game in the first in the first game i was fighting my friends i was telling them like that was a high stick they didn't count it and they were like oh it's against the oilers and stuff i would like to think that when we're reasonable thinkers we understand you know when the refs make a a, a call that is I'm not trying not to swear, <laughs> but um, I think that we can agree that tonight they, they did blow a call, and I've never felt the need to call in like this, but it is upsetting to see the NHL dismiss. It feels like they're, they're challenging what what what... We all saw. I mean, I'm 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 not articulating no. myself very well anymore. No, it's okay. You Thank you, Nathan. Saying. It's it's confusing to me. And look, I'm sensitive to the fact that Rob and I cover cover the Oilers, but but I I want to. Well, maybe people have been listening for years. I, I want to remind people. I I constantly consult the rule book. I constantly contact people I know. I have had fans angry with me in the past when I've said, look, that was the right call, even though I mean, I don't know if you remember that offside several years ago, Rob. It was Arvidsson, I think. He jumped at the blue line, and they yep. ruled him onside because one leg was in the air, but it was over top of the blue line. And I, I remember I got tons of angry messages after that game. So, you know, I, I get how it might sound, but they, they blew it tonight. They, they absolutely blew it. I'm comfortable saying that. And again, if you're reviewing it for that long, how can you not zoom in on those monitors and see the the stick, the puck and contacting well, the stick and the stick turning in his hands? And again, I, I like I like to admit say that I'm honest because I thought the Calgary Flames got screwed in that game against the Oilers a couple of years. I thought go, I thought Coleman's goal or last year I thought Coleman's goal should have counted. So I do go with what I think is true, and with just plain eyesight, I thought it was a high stick. Now. This one isn't as much on the referees because they're looking at an iPad. This one's in out of Toronto. Toronto's looking on big screens, and they're able to stop it and start it and stop it and start it, and they should be able to see it. So this one isn't – I don't blame the referees on this one. To them, it, they didn't see the high stick, and it was hard to see in real life, and it's fine not seeing it. So when it goes to replay and they're looking at an iPad, it'd be very, very hard for those refs on an iPad to find that. Very because I'm watching it on my phone or my computer. It's really hard to see it. But in Toronto, they're the ones that are going to be making the call. They should be able to see it. So uh, to me, it, I thought it was a high stick. Still think it's a high stick. And unfortunately, it came at a really, really uh, important time for the Edmonton Oilers in this series. The uh, three stars off the uh, NHL game sheet. Kempe, Kopitar, and more. Well, I guess it's easy for us to give McDavid the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Had two goals, almost had another one 
on that power play in the third, Rob, when he did his play, or it looks like he's going to drive wide, and then he tries to fire it under the goalie. That was a great he had almost too. He had almost that one. He had went across in front of Corpusalo once and just lost the puck as he was going around him. And then right after he scored the two goals, and actually L.A. had tied it, he had another one where he came off the out the outside and came through the middle, and Doughty actually went down and blocked that one. That was McDavid's best game of the series. And he was all around the net. He scored two, could have had five. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to say that Corpusala had his number when he scored two goals, but uh, he had ample opportunities to to put a couple more in the net. But the two goals that he scored, uh, I t- I played with some really good hockey players that had heavy shots and slap shots. But the way that puck comes off Connor's stick, I mean that wrist shot of his. When you see what he did there in the two shots, it's like, okay, every time you get the puck, Connor, shoot. Don't look to pass. Because that is a goaltender standing on his head that had zero chance on either one of those goals. That's how that's how nice they were. And the fact that he picked two different corners, opposite sides of the net, uh, they, that, you can see why the LA Kings do not want to be shorthanded because Connor McDavid made their goaltender, their all-world goaltender, look silly twice. Both of his goals on the power play. Oilers were two for four with the man advantage. Kings were two for five. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Alex on the line. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Well, you know, uh, listen to the whole thing here. Why don't we bring back Koharski? I don't know if you remember. Remember uh, what was it, Schofield there in New Jersey went after uh, Koharski? Or how about like let's put the letters back on their on their like. They used to be the linesmen. It was Lewis, uh, Kaharski, uh, but uh, Fraser, Fraser had great hair. You know, but I want to say, all joking aside, I want to say this, okay? Like, uh, yeah, I get it. And I also get this. Hyman, Kane, Yamamoto, make a difference. I will be the the Neil McRae out here in the province. So I, I know he's retired. And you guys know me by now. I'm not going to make it soft. There's no way I'm an owner founding. I can make every single excuse all the way till whatever. But there's people who have to make a difference in hockey. Okay? Is Yamamoto gonna cut to get a contract? Well, he's got a contract. I know, but at the end of this year, is it? Did he sign for another 3.1 next year? Yes, he got a two-year no. deal. He did, eh? Okay. Hyman's got to get his nose bloody. Kane's got to stop acting like this immature. He's got to bring it, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm really angry about this. I don't even know what to say. I've been on the... All right, we'll we'll help you out. I think that's good. Thanks, Alex. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero sixty. Like, do you think there are Oilers players that are are playing significantly below their regular season performance, Rob? Uh, no, because I think the Oilers have dominated the majority of the games. They just the puck's not in, going in the net for them. Um, they've outplayed the LA Kings. I mean, the LA Kings are a good team, and I think that's the thing that we got to realize. This is a team that was five points behind the Oilers in the standings. A uh, team that when they got their goaltender and the the defenseman from Columbus, uh, they solidified a couple spots that were weaknesses for them. They're well coached, and the others are still uh, the, have been the better team. They just have not been able to capitalize on their chances. So, uh, to me, when when Bob asked after the game, what do the others have to do next game? The same, just more the same, just execute better because they haven't been able to find the back of the net and. Uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for fans, but 
to me, I, I'm not... I'm not down on this team yet. I'm not worried about where this series can go. I think next game is going to be very important for the Edmonton Oilers. But no, this is a they. Someone's got to find a little bit of puck luck around the net. Just hang out there. I think it'll happen. Hopefully, happen sooner than later. Well, yeah, the series not isn't over. I mean, it feels nope. uh, it, it feels crushing for sure. Uh, and you know, obviously, the worry gets ramped ramped up because you know if you, you start thinking, okay, if you lose the next game and then it's three one, you have to win three in a row. But so but it, with that read though, it's it's more the fans that are worried. Well, yeah, that's so who I'm referring to. That's yeah. Who, that's, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. It, that's who we're, we're yeah, helping the, tonight. Yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> that I don't think the I don't think the Oilers are that worried or frustrated yet. I, I think they feel that they've played well, and eventually, uh, things are going to turn their way. If you play, if you play good every night, eventually it, it evens out, and you're going to find the the right side of the scoreboard. Uh, they just haven't found it. They've had some bad bounces, some bad breaks, and they've taken some dumb penalties. Take the penalties out of the equation. This this Oiler team should come back and win this series, but they've got to play smarter than they have in the first three games. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They fill the net with 100 bucks to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score. So it is a $200 donation tonight and up to $900 for the series. We have Jim at 780-496-0063. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Do we have Jim? Okay, people are probably falling asleep while they're on hold, Rob. It's late. <laughs> it is tomorrow already. It, it is. That's right, it is. Okay, well, let's try Darcy then. Darcy, are you awake? Yeah. Okay, good. Go ahead. And I am about to go on a rant. Are you kidding me in a $5.7 billion industry? You can't get this right? Seriously? You don't know inconclusively? Come on, man. There's a chip in the puck. If you can't get this high stick right, we're not talking regular season. We're talking playoffs. We're talking the two best dominant players on in the league, in the world. So if you're going to sit there and you're going to take five minutes to discuss whether or not it was touched by a high stick, you better get it right. You don't get the excuse of having inconclusivity, okay? Now, Robin Reed, I respect your guys' opinions, but let's be honest here. Call the league out what it is. This is garbage. This is a joke. This needs to be corrected. This is an abs. When Connor McDavid is putting his hand in the air because he's on the ice, he sees it. Call it what it is. That puck took a different trajectory from where it was going. It hit that high stick. We are not talking about regular season. We are talking playoffs. So for every fan that's calling in and pretending this is not a big deal, this is a big deal because you need four wins. And the Oilers got absolutely screwed. Now, would they have won the game after this high stick? Probably, maybe, maybe not. But I am telling you, man, this is a joke. This is a black eye on the league. This is an absolute atrocity. You don't get to use the exclu- get to use the excuse of inconclus- inconclusivity. Robin Reed, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. 
Okay, well, yeah, I think you're wrong about one thing specifically. If 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 Al, if Kopitar raised his hand, would you want would you want them to say, oh well, Kopitar must be right? I mean, McDavid raising his hand while he saw something should not influence how the league calls it, right? Get it right. Did the league get it right? Why can't the league read? Tell me why the league can't give you a, 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 a either yes, it was a high stick or it was not. You don't get to, to use the excuse inconclusive. Explain that to me. Well, so, okay, because the reason they say that, now look, Darcy, just I want you to take a deep breath, okay? So, some things are inconclusive. Sometimes you, you can't see something, even on, even on replay, right? Like if the puck is under a goalie's pad, and depending on where the pad is, can you absolutely say the puck is for sure in the net? So I think if you're writing the rules, you have to give yourself an out that the referees can say there's no inconclusive, there was a call on the ice or in other sports on the field or on the court, so we have to go with what the referees saw at full speed. So that's why the biggest thing, Reed, tonight was the refs on the ice the refs didn't, on the ice the didn't call it. Now, do I agree with you that they, they messed up tonight? 100%. Do I think it makes the NHL as a whole garbage? Well, I'm sorry, I don't. I agree with you, okay? I agree with you that you need to be able to make a decision whether it was or was not. Now, I'm, I'm going to use the NFL as an example. And, and please just go with me on this, okay? Well, I, I will, but I hope you know there's, they've had problems in the NFL with replay. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I agree. Hey, man, we all don't know what a catch is, right? Like, let, let's, let's, Well, let's it's better not. than it was a few years ago, but that's what I was referring to. Yes. No, but so... In, in my sports experience of watching sports, and again, I'm, I'm not a professional. I, I don't play professional sports, but I do watch a lot. And I've seen the NFL take a touchdown and say, did it cross the line or did it not? And they have used in the past um, pretty much what they call common sense. Yes, it did cross the line. We don't have conclusive evidence of that but but it must be in yes yeah we can camera angles and say yes it did cross it crossed the plane so in the nhl they need to make a decision but read i will will 100 percent oiler fan or not an oiler fan just as a, a sports fan i want a decision i want to hear yes or no i do not want to hear we don't know so we're going to move forward I'm well they're more or less they're saying no is what they're saying they're saying we can't see it hit a stick is what they're saying yeah so they're saying no it didn't hit the but stick I, but, I, but i understand your frustration darcy i mean it yep. appeared it definitely appeared to hit it so i i mean i i'm not look i'm not, I, there's nothing i can say to make you feel better darcy other than just talking to you. There's nothing I can say to make you feel better. Taking away from the game by not getting it conclusively correct. Now, Reed, tell me this. Why did they put a chip in the puck? Is there no reason to have... They put a chip in the puck to see how fast it goes when, so then they can show that that was a 95-mile-an-hour slap shot. But, but, and they put but, those but Darcy, on this, Dar- Darcy yeah. again, I, I know you're upset, but... The chip in the puck wouldn't have helped this call because then there'd also have to be a chip in the stick that shows they were that far apart and you know what I mean? I mean, it'd be nice if they had a chip in the puck to help with goal line technology and it showed that 
you know, it, it went in at, at some point. I, 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 Darcy, thanks for calling. I really appreciate what you're saying. I totally don't blame you for being upset. Um, again, like it, it's a blown call. There's nothing else mm-hmm. I can say. There, like I, I, I truly, I truly believe this was a missed call. Yeah, the, I agree. This, despite agree. video replay, and I can't tell you, um, especially as Oilers fans, not to be mad about it, because the Kings won the game three seconds later, <laughs> or, or, or whatever it was. I mean, it, it to me it is. Well, shameful, I'm comfortable saying. It, it is shameful that you have video review and then there can still be very large and costly mistakes. Then Darcy's yeah, it, right. It's like you got all this technology and all this money and it's a billion-dollar industry no, and nobody had the guts to step up in that replay room and say, I think we got to touch there, boys. Like, we got to wave this off. Well, I mean, there can be where you have no conclusive evidence, even with replay. And there's sometimes where it looks at when it yeah, goes I, up into the netting, and there's like, I, you know what? Honestly, I can't tell. Or did it go across the goal line? Honestly, I, I can't tell. Uh, so that even with replay, sometimes replay doesn't show you what you need to see. Now on this one, their their group, and there's there won't be one or two guys in there. There there's a whole gang well, in be that. Several guys. Yeah, be, and and none of them believed. Well, I'm guessing none of them believed that the puck hit the stick, which, I mean, I haven't, I, I saw the one video you, you sent me, but I'm watching it on my phone, so it's not very good. But when I saw it live, or excuse me, when I watched it on TV right afterwards, it did look like it to me at full speed that it did change direction, that it was a high stick. So I was surprised when they said it was inconclusive. But it's frustrating because it was a big moment, obviously, in this hockey game and a big moment in this series. And another thing that's interesting, uh, what is it, two or three years ago, you couldn't have even reviewed this. Yeah, that's that's. this is one of the rules that they put in. The, the which missed is, stoppage yeah, in the offensive it, zone, yeah. It's funny because I was, I was having to explain that to a bunch of buddies. I'm like, nope, you're allowed to call this. This is, a, this is the stoppage rule, which is good. It's Unfortunately, it didn't uh, work out the way it was supposed to tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. But here's my thought to any fans that are still awake listening to us. I believe the Edmonton Oilers' best game will come in Game 4. I do. I truly believe that. And I have a good feeling that the Edmonton Oilers will be coming back to Edmonton tied 2-2. All right. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We're, uh, Mike, you're up next on the phones. We're also going to hear from the Nuge. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. After video review, the call of the ice stands. Well, there's the uh, heartbreaking moment for Oil Country tonight. The goal stands after a lengthy video review, about five minutes. And uh, the Kings win 3-2 in overtime. Yeah, Rob, I, I, I know I've still I got a couple messages. Well, you know, doesn't – I'm gonna have, we're going to have to find out more in the next couple of days, I'm sure. Because – okay, and I've, I've talked to a couple of people who I trust. And, and, if you, and if you read, you know, what Elliot Friedman is tweeting and stuff like that. I did see that stuff tonight, that yeah. They, they, they said it was inconclusive if the puck hit Velarde's stick, which I believe is 100% wrong. Now, somebody, I've got a couple of messages saying, well, the puck hit Ekholm's back. Doesn't matter. 
and that's also what I've been told. The the rule, though, is weird. And here's here's how. And and I hope I'm not missing anything, Rob. And you'll you'll tell me, or we'll we'll hear from people because this is one of those. Because I, I as you know, I always check the rule book, and I've mm-hmm. actually learned stuff. Like you think you know the rules of hockey, right? But it's <laughs> a big book. It's a big book, and there are weird cases. So it says batting the puck above the normal height of the shoulders with a stick is prohibited, yada, yada, yada. It says when a puck has been contacted by a high stick, the play shall continue provided that the puck has been batted to an opponent. Now, it doesn't say controlled by or possessed by an opponent, but if if Velarde swings at the puck and it, it goes in, it would have gone in the net off of Ekholm, like say they were in different parts of the ice. I don't think the goal would have counted, but last year in overtime... Lekkonen knocked down that point shot with a high stick. Smith stopped it, and then Lekkonen scored on the rebound. And that stood because Smith played the puck because I think they said, well, a goalie that making a save is playing the puck. Yeah, that's true too. Like to me, you shouldn't be able to get a rebound off a, a, a high stick and, and score. Now, maybe I'm missing something. I, like I've been looking through the rule book. It's actually very – the section on high sticking the puck is very short. But I don't think the puck dribbling off Ekholm's back would negate. I mean, that wouldn't negate a hand pass, right? So it shouldn't negate a high stick. Yeah, I I agree. I again, the NHL it said was inconclusive. So, uh, but I did see where Friedman also said that the NHL GM meetings or they talked about we if you're going to pull a goal off the board, you better make sure it's very conclusive. And as much as we think it hit the f- stick and we're pretty sure it hit the stick it is very still very hard to see it's not it's not something oh yeah look that's pretty easy to see right there you have to look very closely to see that so they, i guess they decided that it wasn't conclusive enough and yeah it's unfortunate for the Oilers because that was a very very uh, big goal for the la kings to give them a leg up in this series right now did you see uh, outside of the Oilers game tonight? Did you see the New York Islanders tonight set a record? Four, Four goals fastest, in uh, two minutes, two 18 17. seconds. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Four goals, NHL record. Pretty good for a team that hasn't been able to score against a good Carolina team. So there are other series going on in the National Hockey League. Sometimes we get a little focused here in Edmonton because we got a pretty good team that we enjoy watching play. Of course, the Islanders, my pick to win the Eastern Conference last season. Seven straight years. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Mike calling in. Hi, Mike. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How are you? Good. I'm not going to talk about the game because I'm already pissed off. I'm not going to talk about whatever it is. I'm going to talk for all Canadians. I'm going to talk a little bit of history here. When was the last team, a Canadian team that won the Stanley Cup? Well, I think I you know think- that. 1993 Montreal Canadiens, and in I'm just gonna say some certain person came into the league, and ever since then the Canadians haven't won a team. We got screwed over in 2004 with Calgary, we got screwed over in 2006 with Edmonton, 2017, and now tonight. I think somebody needs to go. So you and think you Bedman? Do you think Bedman's arranging this? Yes, he does. Well, I believe he was the commissioner. I think he's the one that presented the cup to the Canadians in 93. Yeah, he was commissioner for two months. So what What do you think specifically he's doing? <laughs> he's, uh, I know you're going to say that video call is in 
in Toronto, but I think he's got a big influence on the video call. Oh, I, I disagree. He has no influence on the video call. You know what? The, the Canadian market is the reason the NHL survives. I'm not sure he wants the Canadian market all mad at him. I don't think this is a Batman conspiracy. I think it was just someone made a mistake in Toronto. Who's been to the cup final? Uh, Oilers 2006, Flames 2004. When did Ottawa go? 07? Oh, the, that was the Eric Carlson year when he put a team on his back. Uh, no, he wasn't there yet. In Ottawa? Wasn't he in Ottawa when they all oh, no, 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 he was lost. one that they lost in Game 7 game overtime seven. to the Penguins That's in 2017, right. I believe. Go seven. Uh, Redden was on that team, right? Because he, uh, he grew up near Lloyd, so I used to interview him quite a bit. Redden, Alfredson. Was Emery the Heatley. goaltender? Was Heatley the Heatley, Heatley was might on have the been team there? there? Yeah. Yeah. And then Montreal made it in 2021. Who else? Are we missing anybody? Jets haven't been. Oh, the Canucks. Well Canucks, the Canucks lost to Boston. Yeah. Oh, that's right. With the Sedins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a Batman conspiracy, but no. it's it's frustrating. No. It, it's just to yep. me, it's just frustrating. Like if I were again, Rob, we often say this. If I'm watching this and I don't care about who wins, it's it's frustrating to me to see that that you have video review, and it still isn't isn't in front. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll come out with a more detail. I'm st- I haven't seen anything. I keep kind of looking at the NHL public relations account, but usually they just say. There was a video review initiated by the league at 3.24 of overtime or whatever. Uh, after video review, it was ruled inconclusive. So, I mean, they don't explain what they thought or who, if there was a vote. <laughs> like, or, well, no. You know, I, so you're, I, I mean, can't see there being, yeah, I don't know. If, I can't see there being a vote because I think of one guy. No, you know what I'm saying. I'm just yeah, I know I agree. But I, I, I just, and this, this is what I find difficult because as a human being, I like to make people happy. <laughs> there, there will be nothing. There, there is will be nothing ever satisfying about this for Oilers fans. Like at no point, no. Or, or even like twenty years from now, will you say, "Oh, you know what? I'm okay with that." Oh, now I get it. Like that'll never happen. I'm, and I'm sorry to tell you that. I know how you're going to feel. No, no. Actually, I think that when this is going to spur the Oilers on, and if they win the Stanley Cup, we'll say, you know what? They were spurred on by a bad call that just turned them all around. So you know what? Well, that's a good we're point. We're going to do it in spite of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. It'll be something that you fought through, right? Yes, we hope. We hope. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have uh, Vincent on the line. Hello, Vincent. Hello. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Yeah. Um, so first time calling. Uh, watching the Oilers my whole entire life, 43 years old, and um, there's no question it was a bad call, and everyone, everyone could see it. That the trajectory changed, and if you're looking from Skinner's point of view, you could see it was going up, hit the stick, and kind of changed direction or whatever. But besides all that, I want to talk about the refs because right from the beginning there, it seemed they were unfair to the Oilers. I know I'm not biased. I just see what I see. For example, you look at Ekholm's penalty, a simple little cross-check that everybody does all playoffs, he gets called. You look at uh, uh, Costin, you know, they're wrestling around on the ice there. Why are you going to give him the penalty? He wasn't cross-checking him in the face or anything like that. He was just, they're wrestling around. It gives it the cost. Um, but I have one question that was bugging me the most, besides the, the bad call there. Nurse's penalty. Uh, 
how come he got called there when the whistle blew? Because uh, Arvidsson touched the puck after he got the pe- someone got the penalty for you. You, the yeah, you get a penalty after the whistle. Yeah, he still tripped them. And remember, they called a major, but, right? They called a five-minute kneeing major on the ice, and then they reduced it to two yeah, minutes to trip. Shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't the, the play die when the, when he touched the puck? I, I do the think they were slow blowing the whistle. If I'm trying to remember that. Um, but so yeah, I, the whistle, you know, but you can still you, you can still call that. a penalty though after yep. after the whistle. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. If that's like the a whistle blows, penalty? then five seconds later you go punch a guy in the face, you still well, get a that's penalty. Different. Obviously, that's roughing after the whistle and all that. No, this but is still a tripping penalty. And, yeah, but you could call he, instead of tripping, you could you could have called unsportsmanlike conduct. You could have called anything if you do something after the whistle. Like they when they first saw it, they thought he need him, and they they were like, okay, that could that's a major. So then they went and looked. Okay, no, he didn't knee him. It was his, stuck his leg out, and it was just shin on shin. But yeah, you can call a penalty after the whistle. That's not a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I know. I know. I said after game one, we're not going to talk about the refs because, mm-hmm. I mean, they were more of a factor. And, and, and part of the reason I say this, and I'll say this to everybody listening, and, and Rob, you and I have said this to each other several times over the years, on and off air. We could do. I, I won't count playoff games. Like, out of 82 regular season games, if we wanted to, we could turn probably 70 of them into just complaining about the refs. And we yep. don't really want to do that type of a show unless there is a weird call or something egregiously wrong that is that is actually, like, newsworthy and worth discussing. And clearly, this one is. I will just say I thought this was the poorest official poorest ref official is i'm making up words it's 111 well, you in the can, morning you, it's uh, yeah when it's, when it turns to tomorrow you can say those and we'll believe that's a real word but i, I thought this was the the poorest uh ref game in the series yep um I, I i i get what uh vincent was saying yeah probably that echo home cross check isn't always called the whole play with arvidson shooting his stick at the puck and then nurse tripping him that that was kind of a weird sequence uh, I, I honestly thought, <laughs> to, when I saw it at full speed, I thought Kane was going to get five minutes for boarding against Dowdy. And the Oilers Point. came out of that four-on-four. Four. <laughs> it, it was weird, I agree. And it's funny, you're calling it the worst ref game, and this was the one that was the closest for power plays for the Oilers and the Kings, because it was 5-4 today. The other ones were much more heavily favored in, in, in favor of the LA Kings. So it was one where the refs became more of a focus in the game they were there the outcome was dictated a little bit more because of the refs tonight so it, it was uh it was not refed like a normal playoff hockey game that we see usually at this time of year yeah well i mean it's uh it's too bad we're talking so much about that call at the end it, it was a great game uh oh, and, and, and entertaining and, and, and again quite frankly and i know everybody's mad tonight if you're still up <laughs> Well, we might have more people up at this time because they're probably too angry to sleep, and it is go- going into the weekend. You know, as, as Rob and I will often say, if you didn't care who won, let's face it, some of the officiating decisions add to the drama. You know, yep. <laughs> like if you if you're if you don't care who won, you're getting up and telling uh, your buddies tomorrow, like, oh, and then they called this, and I didn't know that I didn't think that was going to be called, and then the, and then this happened. So I mean, it is part of sports that the, the refs make decisions. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I do say this, it, it's it's hard to ref playoff hockey because, uh, I mean, you see it sometimes in the regular season, players know, okay, I'm not going to 
today's not the day to give that extra cross check, right, or that extra slash. And not in the playoffs, you're going to do it and almost dare the ref to make the call. Yeah, and I think, that, but this is one where you got to understand the importance of the game and the time of the game. So I think the Oilers, they're, they're trying to put gamemanship into it. They're trying to uh, get in under the skin of the LA Kings. They're trying to intimidate them. But at some point, you've got to just play hockey because the Oilers are the better team. Oh, no, I, I think, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but a couple of yep. the, I, I'm just saying how playoff hockey oh, yeah. oh, is played well, in, it's funny. In, in general. You can watch you know? one game. It, like, we've got there's four games going on every night. You can watch one game, and it is brawls. And after the brawl, one guy is getting a penalty. Right. And then you'll watch another game, and you're like, oh, they just call a penalty for that? That guy just lost three teeth in the, the game I was on Channel 7, and he didn't get a penalty. And this guy just put his face up and face wash him. He got four minutes. So yes, it is hard. That's why as players, you're always trying to get the temperature of the referee as the early in the hockey game. Then you get to see what they are and what they aren't calling today. They were pretty consistent early. They were calling just about every little silly thing. So at that point, then you got to be smarter. Yeah. Yeah. the play, that was kind of a funny play with Costin um, rolling around. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I understand what Vincent was saying. There's, but, I mean, there are always things you can question and, and always yep. weird calls. But, yeah, again, it's just it's just too bad that, uh, you know, I mean, this is going to go down in in the uh, the lore of, uh, of Oilers history when you say the, the Velarde high stick. And, again, regardless of how the Oilers wind up doing in the series or the playoffs, it'll still be something that, that is remembered. It'll be remembered. It'll be less painful if the Oilers go through and win the series. Yeah, for sure. Okay, 780-496-0063. Kings win it 3-2 in overtime. They lead 2-1 in the best of seven. You'll hear from the Nuge when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Maya Fallow scored 32.5 seconds remaining in the first. McDavid got power play goals 40 seconds apart in the second period. Kempe scored a power play goal right after that, so the teams combined for three power play goals in a minute 58. No scoring in the third. And then Nugent Hopkins called for slashing in overtime and with 20 seconds left in the penalty, more from Velarde and Byfield. And the Kings win it 3-2 to go up 2-1 in the best of seven. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It just seemed like it was a frustrating uh, evening, you know, just, you know, with penalties and someone just you know, the calls. Yeah, I mean, again, 5-5, five five, I thought pretty good. Um, thought we could. Once we got into a bit of a rhythm, five on five, we uh, started to play our game and uh, control a little bit. So, obviously, a disappointing way to finish it. There's going to be some times where they get into a grade A spot, and you you got to make a play to try and stop a, a scoring chance. Did you did you kind of feel that's what that was, or was it a desperation play uh, there? Or? Cuts across the middle like that, and try to kind of clamp down on a stick and not take a whack and. Um, yeah, obviously I came down too hard. I think his stick might have broke. So, uh, yeah, I mean, through the ref, I, I can't really. I mean, I'm, you can't fault him for that. I mean, I, I come down too hard and uh, break stick. So I gotta maybe a better position to, to not put myself in that situation. What's the feeling on the standard? Sorry, Dan. The feeling on the standard tonight. Do you guys have a clear picture of what's a penalty these days? I don't know. I mean, I thought tonight probably. Um, was a little more even. I mean, they called some, uh, gave us, 
give us a chance uh, on our power play too. And um, obviously, uh, you're never going to agree with all the calls against you. Um, but we, we can still do a better job of uh, not putting ourselves in those situations. This is the highest scoring team in the league. You got a whole bunch of guys with a whole bunch of goals. Uh, how come it's so hard to score five on five? Yeah, I mean, great question. We're getting a lot of looks. Uh, uh, we're putting a lot of pucks, a lot of pressure on them. Um, I think it's one of those cases where we've got to stick with it and, uh, and find a way to break them down. And, um, obviously disappointing. Uh, we didn't get a chance to, to continue that. I thought we, did, we were starting to come in third and put pressure on them. And, uh, and obviously we didn't get, get a chance to do that uh, in overtime. You look at these games, sorry, and they've opened the door with the penalties. They've scored power play goals to kind of get back in the game and win games. Like do you look at that and say, okay, we just have to clean that up and we're going to be in good shape? Yeah, I mean, I think 5-5. Uh, We've done a good job all series. Uh, once we got into a rhythm uh, tonight, uh, I thought they came out pretty hard to start the game. But once we started to, to, to get our legs and uh, get going, I thought 5-5 five five again. Uh, we were really good and uh, a lot of chances uh, limited their chances too. And uh, if they had a couple chances, I mean, Stu stood in there tall. Just similar question. I just I just wonder how you the, what the feeling maybe it's like in this room when you guys have controlled the play for a lot of a lot of the time and obviously you're down to down to one. Um, well, I mean, uh, definitely there's no uh, quit in us. Uh, you know, you're going to go through situations like that all season, especially come playoffs. So um, I think we're a team in here who's, who's battled through a lot of adversity and uh, we got uh, a resilient team. So um, it doesn't change. Uh, uh, come Sunday night. Ryan, did you get a look at the review in overtime at all? I haven't looked yet. No. Okay, that's the Nuge. As he's sitting in the penalty box when the Kings win it in overtime and the goal stands after a lengthy video review, which I'm confident uh, in saying was was the wrong call. I think the puck uh, pretty clearly hit Velarde's stick and then uh, he played it, so it should have... Uh, been ruled that it should have been blown dead would have been a face-off uh, in the Oilers end with about 23 seconds seconds left on the Kings power play but a uh, mistake by the NHL pretty costly one I, I don't know if the Oilers would have won the game but overtime should have continued get more on the game on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is on Sunday little earlier five o'clock for the face-off show the puck will drop at seven big thanks to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer last night and into this morning on behalf of Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins thanks for listening to Heartland Ford overtime open line Kings lead the series two games to one